0: Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your host, music web designer Ross Barber, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians.
1: And I'm award-winning singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and indie filmmaker, Marissa Novelli.
0: This week, we're thrilled to welcome Melora Hardin to the show. Melora is an award-winning actor and musician whose acting credits include films such as 17 Again, 27 Dresses, and You, which she also directed and produced, and starring roles in TV shows including NBC's The Office, Monk, Transparent, and Outlaw.
1: In 2008, Melora made her Broadway debut, starring as Roxy Hart in a revival of Chicago, and also performed in Les Mis at the Hollywood Bowl. With over 70 film and TV credits to her name, we're excited to learn more about Melora's experience in the entertainment industry, the advice she'd offer to aspiring actors, and what's coming next. Hi, Melora.
2: Hi. How are you? Good. How are you?
1: I am well, thank you. Very, very well. Um, we'd, like to, we'd like to start this off just by simply uh, jumping right in and asking you three things about yourself that everyone should know.
2: Three things about myself. Um, uh, I think that I am uh, highly curious about human nature, um, that I am um, kind, and that I am always in search of the next opportunity to be creative.
0: I like that. I like that. And I think uh, point 2 about being kind definitely comes across in your Twitter and Instagram feeds. I've been uh, I've been following you for a while anyway, stalking. But stalking, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the professional term. Uh, I mean, I've been following you I've been following you as a fan for a while, but um, I've been following you as a researcher today and I think that definitely comes across um, oh, that's in nice. your social media. So that's that's a very good thing.
2: Yeah, I just I just do it every now and then and so I'm glad that it's somehow representing something about me. <laughs> so
1: we're really interested to know uh, if you can tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry and uh, what your earliest memory is of working in the business.
2: Well I come from a family of actors and so I started acting professionally when I was six years old. I tugged on my parents' sleeve, I went with my father to uh, drop off some new headshots with his commercial agent and they were like, oh you're so cute, don't you want to do this? and And I thought what and i just bugged and bugged and bugged my my dad and my mom please 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 and they said that finally they just decided okay we'll let her go on 10 auditions If she doesn't get anything, we'll ease her out of it. She'll never know the difference. Um, But I got the first thing I went on, and and I loved it. And it was a commercial for a toothpaste that no longer exists called Peak Toothpaste. And uh, I got to dance. I'm a dancer. I started dancing when I was five, and I started writing songs. My mom says I wrote my first song when I was two. And um, so I got to dance in front of a mirror with a with a doll, and um, you know, in an old fashioned dress. And I was really into old fashioned. Clothes and stuff back then, uh, all my really all through high school. Anyway, so I was you know got to do that, and I just remember loving it and thinking, oh, this is just dreamy. <laughs> so I guess that was uh, that was how it all began.
1: So is the reason? <laughs> is there a reason your parents kind of I don't want to say discourage you, but we're kind of trying to keep you away from it? Is it just because it's kind of an ugly? It can be an ugly business. What is there any reason?
2: Well, I mean, they're actors, and um, you know, so I think that. You know, I think in general they were mostly worried about me dealing with the rejection um, of you know going in, putting yourself on the line, you know, saying this is who I am, this is what I've got to offer you, and them saying you're not what we want. Um, you know, my two daughters, I have two daughters, and they they both are actresses, and. Um, uh, it's a very interesting thing. I mean, I think that if you if your parents are living through you, I think a lot of times you'll see child actors where the parents are really kind of trying to fulfill their own dreams um, in whatever their kid is doing. and I think that's very dangerous and I think can be just explosive later in life. Um, but my parents weren't doing that and they really I was really fortunate because they really gave me skill sets to handle all that stuff and, and you know my father took care of all my money, I didn't ever, even really understand about money or know about money or care about money. Um, and he took very good care of it for me so that when I did turn 18, I had something to go into the world with, but I also had, you know, um, it, it wasn't, a, it was always about really about creativity. It was always about your craft. You know, they both be, being wonderful talented actors themselves. And my mother was, uh, uh, has been a very, uh, famous sort of young acting teacher for young people, sort of like Leonardo DiCaprio and Jessica Biel, um, a manager too, and all the Phoenix kids, Joaquin Phoenix, River Phoenix, and and on and on and on. And um, so I was kind of her first experiment, and she is just one of those, you know, one of the log lines she has on her website is uh, explore the joys of acting. And that really is true, and she really did teach me that, you know, Um, and they both really taught me The importance of being a professional, what being professional was, um, you know, uh, understanding and really being inside what the craft of acting is. So it really wasn't about fame. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about, it was about the craft. So I'm really fortunate because I think a lot of kids or a lot of young people that start are kind of thinking they're just stars in their eyes and they're just thinking like, I want to be famous, I want to be famous, especially in, in, in 2015, I just, I really see that's a culture of, it's, uh, wow, you know, and we have lots of people that are famous for nothing, you know, right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly.
1: You uh, know, Ross or, and I have mentioned this on the show before, it's, it's, it used to be about, you know, you ask a group of kids what they want to be and, you know, it would be an actor, a musician, an astronaut, now it's, what do you want to be, famous?
2: I know. And, and what is, yeah, and famous name. is like an empty, it's an empty word, like, it doesn't mean anything. No. Um usually you would get famous for something really special you'd done or being, you know, being really good at something you do. It's a very odd, it's a very odd one. Yeah. It's really odd. Yeah.
1: I couldn't agree anymore on that one. It's a little disheartening.
2: Yeah. A little bit.
1: (laughs) So on to our next question, I'm just going to say straight out Steve Carell. That is all.
2: Steve <laughs> Okay, that's the question. <laughs> well,
0: this this leads me to to a little a little story about the office, and more specifically, Jan. But mm-hmm. uh, more more so, Such a Jan. a fantastic, fantastic and, uh, character, by the way. Such a fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, and you completely brought her to life. I can't imagine <laughs> anyone else playing Jan, and me yeah. feeling as equally terrified and enamored by <laughs> <laughs> by Jan. Yeah, um, very and, true. And uh, so, the the story I have is um. Whenever I speak to someone that's not watched The American Office, I always tell them about the dinner party episode. Mm.
2: <laughs> because
0: I think the dinner party episode is so awkward and brilliant. And I absolutely yes. love it. So if, if I if I know someone that's not seen that episode, I'll say, right, you're coming up, going to cook your dinner. We're going to watch this episode. And everyone that's watched that episode is just like, I can't look. I can't look. But I love it. And then they end up watching the whole series in... What season? Sorry, season in a number of weeks. Oh yeah, um, wow. I think it,
1: I think it's one of the best episodes. Yeah. I'm going to go out and say one of the best in the history of television. I'm serious. It is <laughs> such a phenomenal episode. The yeah, the awkwardness, the the hilarity that that ensues just from the awkwardness, which is so real. And these kind of situations actually do happen. <laughs> I you know? know. So I guess what we want to ask you is, I mean, what what was it like working on on such an iconic? Um, Hugely successful television show, um, and do you miss it?
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't miss it. Um, it was wonderful. Jan is was such a wonderful character. Um, working with Steve was great. We had an amazing professional chemistry in terms of, um, you know you know, there's, there's, there's different rules of acting, right. And one of them is giving gifts, especially when you do improv. And I think that he and I really did do that a lot for each other. There was lots of surprising sort of gifts that you would give back and forth energetically and, and just sort of connected, connected sort of little, little gems that would be passed back and forth a lot. And so I think that created the chemistry that Jen and Michael had. Um, And, you know, when you say like being on an iconic show, it's very interesting. I mean, I I think because I've been doing this so long, um, I think I was probably the last one in the cast to really believe that it was what it was. And, and, and what it took me to believe it was a physical manifestation of my very, very sore bicep muscle after we won our first SAG award for... Um, best uh best ensemble and I carried that statue around all night which is literally uh a bronze on a marble thing and so carrying this around all night and I had the most incredibly sore bicep muzzle this was after we'd already won an Emmy um but when you win an Emmy for best comedy the 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 producers take that home and so I didn't carry that around all night and I actually an Emmy is not quite as heavy as a SAG award um but I, you know, I kinda woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, I guess we're a hit, you know. And I and I guess maybe that was probably just my a built up defense mechanism that had that I had garnered over the years of being in this business and being raised around actors and um but yeah, I mean in terms of like missing it. No, I don't miss it because it, you know, because I guess I'm here where I am now, you know, and 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 I'm moving on and I'm in the moment, and so I am very grateful for it. It was a great time. It was a wonderful learning experience. It was a wonderful creative experience. It was ex- it's exciting uh, that 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 it was such a big hit and that it still is, you know, reaching people and touching people, and that I have generations of fans uh you know that are that are discovering it uh all the time and that's really yeah that's wonderful it's exciting it's I feel like very lucky that I happened to end up on that and now I'm on another one that seems to be making real moves in the world that seems to be really sort of breaking ground which I think off the office really broke ground I, I don't think it could have ever occurred before reality television was kind of a big deal because it had that documentary mockumentary feel to it. And, um, and I think that it made people feel like, Oh, there's something kind of real, but not real about this. Like us looking in the camera and doing all those things in the same way. I don't think transparent could be, uh, could be living at any other time than right now. And I think that's, that's extraordinary. And I think that, um, yeah, just I'm very grateful to be on on two things that are kind of that have kind of broken ground.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Transparent. Uh, huge fan. I love the show. Totally it's love you. So- you play Tammy in Transparent, yeah. and uh, yeah, it, it's <laughs> like you mentioned it, It's breaking your ground, and it's really helping to further the LGBTQ plus conversation. Um, you know, and. I'd say both shows are iconic or one show is iconic. The other show I think is on its way to becoming iconic and breaking a lot of ground. You know what it is? And I would almost, I would call that a very important show actually. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, uh, the first of its kind really.
2: I agree. No, it is. It's really, really important. And Jill Soloway, the creator of it, you know, her father actually did become transgender late in his life. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what inspired the show. But she really, you know, she was going around pitching to, um, you know, to uh, uh, networks and they were all saying, oh, we just want like a lighthearted family comedy, you know, workplace (laughs) something. And she was like, no, I really want to change the world. Yes. And, and it was Amazon that came along that was like, what is it you want to do? You know, and I think that's, that says a lot, you know, that says a lot. And, um, and she really is determined to make a real mark. And I think it's, to me, it's profound that she won the Emmy for Best Directing because, uh, because she's a female and she talks a lot about directing from her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Love and, um, and I think what she means by that is just creating a very much, a very, a very kind of nurturing, you know, womb like kind of creative environment, which is embracing and, um, and maternal kind of, 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 all the people that are there. And and I just find that it's, it's an extraordinary work environment in that regard as it's, it's, um, you know, uh, and she was really like, she was sort of you know, first for uh, everyone thought, expected her to win for best writing and, and she won instead for best directing. And, and I think that she might've been slightly confused about that, but, but in my mind as an actor that works with her as a director, I just think it's perfect because she's very female in the way that she directs very, um, and and very just uh, yeah, it's just a, it's an amazing environment um, in a very male-driven you know society like creative society of, of the business of Hollywood. Oh, you know, absolutely! It's, it's very male and
1: music industry.
2: Yeah, right, right. Music too. So uh, so it's it's been really really wonderful, and she's constantly sort of saying uh, thank you to everyone, and inclu- it's very inclusive, very inclusive. It's the most inclusive um, environment I've ever worked in ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Like I said, this it's groundbreaking and you guys are just going to your second season now, but I think really is going to be remembered for something special. I think.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I do too. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: No, thank you. And then the second season's pretty awesome. We just finished filming it and it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Ah,
1: My wife and I are excited (laughs) to watch. (laughs) 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 So you're no stranger to performing in front of the camera and off the camera. Um, I kind of like to know how does it compare.
2: Well, right now I'm I'm doing a play right now at the at the Mark Taper Forum uh, for two more weeks called Appropriate. It's a new play, okay. and um, it's, an, it's very it, it, it's you know incredible, wonderful themes of very dysfunctional family and themes of race and. Um, and a very, uh, I think a very important play that I think is bringing up lots of important conversations, sparks important conversations, um, by a new playwright called Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, who's hot, Ah, sort of, he's called, he was called by our, you know, big LA Times critic here, Charles McNulty, uh, did he say he said uh, a rising star of the American theater oh, wow. and um and he really is and he's uh he has actually was just over for dinner last night and he is uh an extraordinary guy and um and you know we were talking actually a little bit about this about how in theater it's it's a living breathing animal every night eight times a week it's it, and and you get to actually fulfill the arc regardless of whatever happens." every night and every every matinee, you know, you get to, so if people forget things or you trip or things fall or props aren't there or whatever, little things may happen, um, you still are dealing in the moment in real time with those surprises and you're still fulfilling that character's arc and dramatic circle, At you know. So in that regard, it's It's very, I think, obviously, it's called the actor's medium for a reason because it's it's just – very fulfilling. It's very juicy. You know, I've, I've, I've been doing it now for about four weeks and, um, you know, and then we had four weeks of rehearsal before that, and I'm finding things new every night. And, and that's really exciting. I would say that similarly, that is something that I think I, very much try to do on camera you know that I'm I'm always and and one of the things that works really jives really well with me with the way that Jill Soloway works is that um you know barring you know showing up and hitting my mark and being in the light that they need and you know and 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 saying the lines that that need to be said you know Jill is very we kind of and, and that kind of began with The Office, too, I would say. Like, the, the writers were on set all the time, and so sometimes it would be, they would say, you know, I'm not loving the way this is, you know, working, not because of anything you guys are doing. Why don't you improvise a little bit? You know, hit this beat and hit this beat and somehow tell this a little part of this story, but do whatever you want. And sometimes that stuff would end up on camera. That would end up in the scene. Um, and then they'd come back with, like, a rewrite, and we'd do that, too. And Jill does a similar thing where she kind of, You know, so uh, the reason I bring that up is because, um, you know, with Brandon, like he was rewriting the whole time and he has never published the play. It's been done other places, but he's now publishing it because he completely reworked the play. And he said to me at the beginning when they offered me the part, he was like, how do you feel about, you know, rewrites? Some actors just lose their shit (laughs) when you hand them rewrites. And I was like, you know, not only am I okay with rewrites, but I, you know, unless you're just willy nilly doing them for nothing, um, which I could tell he wasn't that kind of person because he's very thoughtful, very intelligent. So he's rewriting to make the play the best it can be. And he literally handed me my, my end monologue, which was about two pages long, the day before opening night. So I got to do it one time in a preview before opening night. And you know, he, and we had a whole long talk about it. And he's like, I don't know how you feel. And, and I was like, look, <clears throat> I think it's better. And um, so I'm going to do it. You know, and they were like, well, do you want to do it now? I want to do it tomorrow night. I'm like, I'm going to do it tonight. Like, oh, I can wow. do it tonight. And um, and Jill Soloway is similar in the sense that she kind of, we did it. Uh, like, she really wrote me an Emmy episode for, for season two because I said to her, because, um, you know, I'm a special guest star on the show. And and um, they had to put me in the Best Supporting Actress category. And we really tried for that with The Office, uh, which I was always a special guest star in The Office. I was never uh, you know, a regular, even though sometimes I did all the episodes. Right, right. Um, and so the Emmys has this new rule where if you do half or more, you have to be in the Best Supporting Actress category. You can't be in the Best Guest Star category. And so this year I said to Jill, you know, um, we got to write something for Tammy that, you know, gets them noticed because like the dinner party episode, we tried to tried to get them to nominate me for that um, because everybody says that you're not alone. Um, Mm. And it is such a fun episode, but it was in the best supporting actress category. So I don't know what happened, but in any case, <laughs> we didn't get the nomination. So, uh, so Jill, um, Jill Soloway, she's like, okay, I'm, an, I'm writing you an Emmy episode. So she wrote me in in season two, um, 102, So the first, the second episode oh, of the season, she was like, I'm writing that, and then she was going to put me in in and and that episode is like it's kind of explosive, and uh, we did we did the scene, and then she kind of said, you know, you know, yeah, just. I don't know, like this needs to get said and that needs to get said, but everything else, like you do whatever you want, which was <laughs> you know? really fun. And for someone who does, who improvises and who's good at improvising and working with such wonderful actors who are giving so much back and, and you're, you know, are so present with you, it's, it's really great. It's really great fun. Awesome. Wow, that was a long-winded
1: answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a we thorough like answer. I think yeah. I answered I like, like
2: five that. things in that Yeah, answer. that's it. We're done. We don't have to ask I know. We're else. just deleting <laughs> questions here. No, yeah. don't
1: need to just that. <laughs> Are you ready for 20 questions?
2: <laughs> okay, sure. Coffee or tea? <clears throat> tea.
1: Meat or veggies? Meat. TV or Netflix? Netflix. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter yoga or yogurt yoga <laughs> nice <laughs> friends or seinfeld because it's 1995 friends. for oh, some friends reason
2: friends or seinfeld oh i thought you meant real friends <laughs> 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 i'll take real friends over any tv show <laughs> um friends or seinfeld well friends yeah friends i was on you friends. Were,
0: yeah you were in next sort of friends
2: <laughs> no but i i
0: did not know that
2: yeah but david cool. schwimmer and i've known each other since we were 17 and oh, um, wow. so, yeah, so, yeah, I would take Friends over Seinfeld. Houston? <laughs> Although I think that's a great show, too.
1: Houston or San Francisco?
2: Well, Houston, because I was born there.
1: There we go.
2: Although, you know, as an adult, definitely San Francisco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love San, Francisco. Uh, uh, San Francisco. I've never been to Houston, so I can't really it. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's, it's a nice city, too. And, you know, I have some attachment to it because I was born there, but not really. I have much more of an attachment to San Francisco, being that it's two hours away. <laughs> <laughs> By plane.
0: <laughs> so Judy Garland or Barbara Streisand?
2: Oh, that's really hard for You're me. You're getting
0: harder from here on. And out. that's
2: not fair, really. Okay, well, I, I know I'm not supposed to go into big long answers around this twenty questions, but I'll just <laughs> tell you quickly that I just did a one woman movie. That one woman movie, yes. That you heard me right. That um, <laughs> what? <laughs> the, character, and the character is sort of uh, kind of a, a Judy Garland esque character. Oh wow. So, Anyway, so they were both my idols when I was a little girl. God,
1: I'm gonna say Judy Garland.
2: <laughs> You're gonna say Judy I'm gonna Garland? Say Julie Garland. You're just gonna say it for me. I'm just gonna say it for you. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't you know. still don't love Barbara Streisand.
2: I like that Barbara Streisand is alive, and I like how much she has pushed the envelope for women. And Judy Garland's much more tragic character. Um, so I would say Barbara Streisand. I guess.
1: Comedy or drama? Both.
2: (laughs) That's okay. You can say that. Yeah, we'll We'll let you have that. that.
0: (laughs) Canada or Scotland?
2: Oh, God. uh, I guess... I guess Canada. I don't know. They're both so beautiful. Oh, hey,
1: if Canada gets it because she guesses Canada, <laughs> I'll take it. We'll take it. You <laughs> need Scott, all the wins you can get. And my ones.
2: husband's English, so really I should oh. be saying something.
1: Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, this, this, one's, this one's another mean one, but Michael Scott or Dwight Schrute?
2: Oh. <laughs> um, well, is it Jan answering?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Mm, I didn't think of that. Hmm.
2: If it's are, Jan answering, it's definitely Michael Scott course. for sure. Of
1: course, yeah. And if it's Melora?
2: And if it's Melora, it might be Dwight.
1: Ooh, controversial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next up, we've got education or experience.
2: Wow. These are good questions, you guys. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, they're both so good. But I mean, because experience is education and, mm-hmm. and education is experience. So, hmm. uh, well, I think education is important. I really do. Let's ha, say education. You,
1: as, an, as an actor, have you learned more through education or through experience that you apply to your day-to-day work?
2: Mm, that's a really hard one because I started being educated as an actor right, so young, right. you know, mm-hmm. from the time I was six. And living with actors, like learning all that at all times. So I don't even know. I mean, certainly as an adult, I would definitely say experience. I would definitely say everything about the way I react and respond and within my craft and outside of my craft because the business is its own thing, right? The business is different than the craft and you have to be able to maneuver and work through the business part of it just as seamlessly as you have to be able to work through the craft part of it. So in that regard, I would say that would come from experience, just the ability to do that with grace and integrity, you know, is that's from experience. But also my base was very, you know, it was absolutely... Because of education. You can say both. <laughs> we'll allow so both. Have <laughs> both. That's two votes. You
1: get one more, vote. more <laughs> vote. You get you know, three votes. That's it.
2: <laughs> I get three votes? Okay. Did I get three votes already?
1: No, it's two so far. It's oh, two. two, two. Okay. You have I have one, one more. Save it. <laughs> <laughs> How
2: many questions Have we done?
1: Uh, more than half. We got a few more. <laughs> one more.
2: Okay. One more vote. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: so family guy or American dad?
2: um neither ne- neither okay you're allowed in too. two <laughs> <laughs> I, I sang on Family Guys, so I'll yeah. say Family because yes. I did a little a little, little like cameo singing nice. in Family Guy. and everybody seems to think that's like the greatest show ever so we'll say Family Guy <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is another really mean one I'm sorry theater <laughs> or film
2: yeah that's ridiculous um, <laughs> yeah that one that's definitely She's be just like, like skip Ask both <clears throat> yeah
0: now Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton, and yes, that's a serious question
1: <laughs> Michael Jackson, not both, <laughs> just, just so you know we might be getting Michael Bolton on this show, really. I hope he doesn't watch The last 60 plus uh, interviews exactly. we've done Because every time we ask it We all laugh And Ross is
2: usually like It's serious And everybody uh, says Michael Jackson
1: Almost everyone Almost been Like three almost. Michael Bolton.
2: Okay But can I just say He has a freaking amazing instrument He has right, a of voice Of course Of course he, he has does. a voice, right like, that's And he has a good sense of humor about himself too. Unbelievable. unbelievable And yeah. he and Kenny What's his name? Being best uh, friends
1: Kenny Rogers, is it? No,
2: no. the, the saxophone guy, yeah. Kenny, 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 Kenny G. Kenny G. That's Kenny it. Yeah. And him being best friends—that's <laughs> just mean, amazing. I don't think they're gay. I don't think either one of them's gay. But if yeah. they were, they'd be a perfect couple. <laughs> like they are the most perfect best friends. You know, how, like couples match. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! They're like oh, yeah. best as best friends. They match. You know, the hair—one's <laughs> dark, one's blonde. They're both kind of <laughs> handsome in a weird way. Like yeah, they're not yeah. traditionally handsome. They're kind of like. Sort of, su- sort of sexy but in like a weird way like sexy but not it's like they kind of are and women love them but <laughs> yeah they're awesome those two <laughs> <laughs>
1: the voice or American Idol <clears throat>
2: um, I don't know because I don't watch either Neither but my best I. my best friend just told me that the voice was really awesome because they were kind so uh, I'll pick the voice
0: Ricky Gervais or Ricky
1: Martin <laughs> she likes that one.
2: Definitely Ricky Gervais.
1: Well, there would be no office without Ricky yeah. Gervais, Ross. So come on, man. Exactly. I know. I know.
2: He's crazy. Talk about pushing the envelope. No he
0: has kidding. the best laugh man.
1: ever. Oh, the best. I love his laugh. I could oh, yeah. listen to it all day.
2: He oh, does. Yeah. He has Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Whale or kale?
2: <laughs> uh, uh, what for wait, that's no, no. because like people eat whale, so are you saying like food no, stuff? I'm a
1: vegan, so I don't support that. I do support <laughs> okay. eating of kale and whale watching, not okay. really kale watching, though,
2: yeah. <laughs> kind of boring. <laughs> kale watching would not be fun, <laughs> so. Oh, whale, whale meaning like, do you like whales better than you sure. like kale? Sure. So You eat kale, but you sure. watch whales. Yeah, right. definitely whale. whales. Whales
0: okay. for sure. Yeah, we didn't really think about this question when we when we created Did it, Well, we've asked it to everyone, and it seems like we'd be breaking a tradition if we removed yeah. it. So I think it's constantly going to be there. Seems the most right.
1: confusing. We like okay. confusing yeah. our guests,
2: and people do get confused, right? Always. Okay. You're, you're right. not the only one. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. As long as yeah, because because yeah. You, you can't. It's hard to compare a food stuff with are exactly. you saying you want to eat the food eat the whip
1: melora see we ask the tough questions here at Britch- we <laughs> do we ask the questions <laughs> yeah. that people want to know the answers to we just, <laughs> we ask the questions right that afraid. no one else in their right mind would ask really
2: yeah yeah so we've got yours.
1: another rhyming one
2: because <laughs> yeah. uh, we like rhyming uh, yes <laughs> bet
0: midler or the riddler
2: bet midler
1: and finally, I'm sorry for this one. It, it's a terrible question. Uh, again, it would be a tradition. It would be a sad thing for us to stop it. But um, Ross or Marcio? <laughs>
2: that's not nice, is it?
0: We're not very nice people. <laughs>
2: that's, a, that's really not nice.
1: We're not I nice. you know. hate to yourself, Ross.
2: We both have cute hats on.
1: We <laughs> do, don't we? we Ross is have the cuter smiles. one.
2: Miles. <laughs> Wait, she still has a both. Last butt. You, you still
1: last have a ba- No, she used a both. Okay, oh we'll my- let her use another both. Just- we'll give you, we'll give you a bonus <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> both.
2: Definitely both. <laughs> definitely both. I can A play. bonus both. What is? I don't
1: know. We just make this up as we go along.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of true. It's kind of yeah. true. Malorie, before we wrap this up, I, I'd like to know if, if you could go back in time and tell yourself one piece of advice that you've learned in your career, what would it be?
2: Um, to be patient, um, and patience does not mean sit around and be a couch potato, but, but it means, um, in other words, and patience is an all encompassing word in the sense that, um, you need life experience in order to, be bring that to your work and your creative expression and you can't get life experience by not living life and and not being where you are the age you are doing the things you're doing um so being patient with where you are and how your life is unfolding while staying focused and then um and being patient with your instrument you know, being patient with your instrument so that you, um, you know, like I think as a younger actress, I would put a lot of pressure on myself to to be able to manifest an emotion, let's say, in a scene. Um, and I wasn't feeling it. <clears throat> and I was, and I thought that I had to manifest it right then, that second. And what I've learned and matured into is no actually we are living breathing moving animals and so you have to actually stack the deck to um to build into that emotional state and then you have to be patient with yourself in order to let it to let it come to life come forth and so i would say patience is a big one it's it's a be softer be softer with yourself be softer be you know In the same way you're being kind to others, uh, you know, be kind to yourself. And I think that a lot of artists can be really, really tough on themselves and and be really dissatisfied and really disappointed and spend a lot of time being negative and wanting to rush ahead. And and I would just say be where you are, be patient with yourself, be patient with your instrument, learn as you go, be open-hearted, open-minded, and kind to yourself.
1: I love that. That That's is great. such genuine advice.
2: <laughs>
1: I can just tell, you know, and speaking of uh, being patient with your instrument, I mean, we didn't talk, uh, we didn't really talk much about this, but you are a phenomenally beautiful singer.
2: Oh, thank you. Which is,
1: um, you know, I, I've been listening Ross and I have both been listening to your work and it, it's great. And I love, I love that you're, what you're doing. I just oh, love
2: it. It's really nice. I so I appreciate that.
1: Ne- yes, absolutely. I think everyone needs to listen to that. Um, and speaking of, of music... And mm-hmm. um, what sort of, what are you listening to nowadays? What sort of uh, music, TV or film recommendations do you have? Maybe one of each, maybe mm-hmm. one 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 of each.
2: I don't really watch TV at all. I will recommend Transparent.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a
2: wonderful show.
1: I've, rec- I've actually, I've recommended that on this show several times, Ross. And a few yeah. of our guests have recommended it. I know that Tyler absolutely. Hilton recommended it. Jesse
0: Cannon recommended it. It's yeah. definitely popular amongst our guests, for sure. Oh, yes, perfect.
1: absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's doing good things in the world. It's yes. opens people's minds with laughter and with and with with heart. So I I am very much behind it as a person as an as an artist. But uh, but I do want people to see the one woman movie that I just did. And I, and yes, I am I plugging this. some things that I'm doing now. I know, please but- do. But, uh, what's but that's that kind of what's what the world is right now, so I can't really talk about anything else. What's, the, it's, what's called, that it's called Golden Vanity. It's golden Vanity. And uh, it's these young filmmakers. This is their first feature, and they're really awesome, and I think they're talented. And um, and it's never been done before, as far as we know. There's been one-man movies, but never a one-woman movie. And um, it's set in 1967, and she's kind of a, a, a you know, and, and, and kind of a, what's the word? Um, You know, fading or faded (laughs) a big time movie star a la Judy Garland or Gloria Swanson or, you know, um, um, Elizabeth Taylor, you know, Mm -hmm. in that vein. And and it's very funny and very tragic. And so uh, I think, and I sing in it, I sing in the movie. And the song is an original song that I did not write, but a beautiful song that is uh, arranged amazingly beautifully well and uh, a really beautiful song. So so that's great, too. And as far as music goes, um, you know, I mean, I have, you know, Pandora on my thing. Um, Paula Cole's one of my best friends. I did set a Paula Cole station <laughs> on my Pandora and was listening to it in the car the other day. And and uh, and, and I think that, you know, I think there was... Like you know, on her station there was some amazing, you know, people. I love Patty Griffin. I love,
0: love her Paula. Love her.
2: I love yeah, she's amazing. I love um I love this girl who sings Jar of Hearts. What is her name? Christina Perry. Uh, Christina Perry. She's great. Um I love Coldplay. I think they're amazing. I love Maroon Five. Uh I love um. And then I love, like, classic stuff, you know, like Sinatra and, and, you know, um, Judy Garland. And, you know, I'll listen to that stuff. I love, love, love Louis Prima and Keely Smith. Um, I think Pink Martini are amazing. I love Adele, uh, you know. I'm very eclectic in my tastes. I listen to Bob. That's the way to sometimes. be. I think true, true,
1: artists, <laughs> true artists don't limit themselves, really.
2: And I just finished recording five new, five new songs of my own. Oh. Um, I've been working on a one-woman show, and, um, and it's a musical. And so I'm kind of trying to figure out uh, what the next step is. And I don't know. Maybe I'll try to try to get into some kind of a workshop thing where I can kind of develop it. And so I've been listening a lot to my own music. I could send you one.
1: You know what? Yeah, you're like, not the only one. Like, I, I often, ever, <laughs> when I'm working on new material, I listen a lot to my own stuff because <laughs> you well, have you, to. You, gotta, you have to,
2: and yeah. then you don't listen to it. Like when you're done with it, right? You yeah. don't listen to it for years, yeah. Yeah. and then you go back and you listen to it, and you go, "Oh, that was. Oh, that was pretty good." You know, like, "Oh, wow, that's what I was doing." No, yeah,
1: that wasn't as bad as I thought. It's just like looking at old How pictures.
2: That, you know? It's
1: like looking at old pictures, right? I was, I didn't, you know, I didn't look as bad as I thought I did. You know, it's always <laughs> like that. <laughs>
2: That's what I always remind people. I'm always like people, yeah. you know, going like, God, I'm getting old. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, well, just wait in 10 years. You're going to look back and go, God, I look really good. <laughs> exactly, then. So, exactly. So I would just chill out on the I'm getting old. <laughs> 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 you're not getting as old as you're going to be. <laughs>
1: exactly. 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 <laughs> so everyone, uh, everyone can go check you out at uh, Melora.com. How yeah. you scored that? Like that's amazing. Perfect. You're on Twitter and Instagram. That's uh, just your name. Melora Harden which yes. is perfect. And uh, yeah, hopefully it will.
2: Instagram it's... is Melora D. Harden.
1: But yeah, I want everyone to go uh, follow you on Twitter and Instagram and follow just everything you're doing because you are awesome. You're doing some really, really great things. Thank and you. um oh, Absolutely, it's true. <laughs> and I'm currently writing my next solo album. I've just released my side project, Midnight Soundtracks debut album, Foreplay. You can hear my music on marcionavelli.com. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify, which are all slash Marcionavelli.
0: I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. You can check out my work and my blog posts at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as electrickiwi, and on Facebook, electrickiwi design.
1: And this episode was brought to you by Chris Keaton presents. Find out more about what Chris does and how he can help you at chriskeaton.com. And if you'd like to
0: sponsor the show, visit uh, patreon.com/bridgetheatlantic.
1: Atlantic. Laura, this has been so great. Such an honor to have you on. Truthfully. I really mean that.
2: Yeah, it's very nice. Well, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes.
1: You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome. And we'll see you next week.